Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? Is this the El Nino podcast? I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So, so uh, definitely, definitely want to give a big, big thanks to everybody who showed, showed up and showed out at the El Nino podcast reunion at the DHDC. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was an absolute success. Like shout out to all the performers that did their thing. Uh, they did a great job. Um, you know, shout out to everybody you know who won an award. Thank you to all the sponsors and all my family, friends, all my cousins, everybody who donated baskets uh, for the raffle. Man, thank you so. Much. I appreciate, I appreciate everybody who participated, who participated. All, all the vendors, vendors Sneaky, Detroit, Detroit Forever, Forever Solology, big, big shout out to uh, LNR Photo, Photo Booth, Liz and Rob, and I mean, I mean so, so much more, more so, so many more, more that, that I can mention, mention man, man. But thank you so much. I love it. I couldn't do it without you. Um, also, want to send a big shout out to my man Dwayne Taylor. Uh, thank you for the T-shirt. Pick your poison T-shirt. Holler at him. Check him out if you want to get some merch. He got a fight. Uh, December 30th at the soundboard. So, you know, check out Dwayne Taylor, get some tickets, go support him. He's 6-0 right now doing his thing. Uh, also, big shout out to my man, Brian Ruiz. You know, got the new design on the hoodie. Looks sweet. Can't wait to wear it. Hell I yeah. appreciate it. You know, I be feeling special as hell when I get my little t-shirts and gifts. And I ain't gonna lie, I got this from Aztec Nando. So much love to Nando. I appreciate you, my dog. But, um... You know, today we got a special guest. Tonight is a special is a special event. Um, I, I, you know, I got to know this brother through other good brothers, and uh, you know, very talented, uh, very grounded and spiritual. I'm, I'm very uh, much looking forward to you guys hearing his story. But uh, this is my man Mario Ledesma, also known as Dose Quetzal. What's up with you, brother? What's up, bro? You all right? Yes, yes, I am, bro, and I'm happy to have you. Um, this is episode uh, 24. Mm -hmm. Um, I we booked this date what like three, four months ago. Yeah, you know three what I'm months saying. Ago. So yeah. I'm glad it came right on time for the holidays. We get to close out the year, uh, you know, with the rap battle, but Hell also yeah. and also hearing yeah. your story, man. So looking forward to it. Let the people know who you are and where you're from and what it is and when it ain't. All right. Well, as y'all heard, you know, I'm Mario Ledesma, aka Dose Quetzal, aka Old Man Logan, aka Lizard King, aka L, aka Alias Anything You Please. I got a slew of them. <laughs> But uh, can you explain to the people what Dosa Quetzal means? Well, the when I first, I should say, self self implied the name Dosa was in uh, 2006. I was 18. It was in high school. Um, they had honestly, they had somewhat of a battle rap thing going on. This was at Allen Park High, mind you, so it wasn't anything real intricate okay or whatever you know but it was something that they're trying to do for the pep rally and they said that uh you know the two people in a lunch will face off two people in b lunch will face off and the winners will face each other at the pep rally okay so um i had come up with the name that day dulce basically just uh just a simple like identity of my name like my last name ledesma l is the 12th letter of the alphabet and then you mm -hmm. know to bring the ethnicity out it just called it dulce instead of 12 and i was you know, it was simple, mm -hmm. you know, just for that very simple concept. Um, 
but it was about, uh, yeah, a couple years later, my sister pointed out a few things to me. She had said that if you add up the letters of your first and last name, Mario Ledesma, that's 12 letters. Okay. Look at your, uh, she said, look at your birthday, February 24th, 224. 24 mm-hmm. divided by 2 is 12. You know, it was just, yeah. it was a whole bunch of little, like, 12s were all over the place. All the math was adding up. Like, for real. Like, I would see 12s pop up in the smallest little places, and it wasn't anything huge. It was always just little things, but it was a lot of little things. Have you ever looked into the angel numbers to see, like, if it had any significance? Like, all my life, bro, I've always seen the number 717, 717 everywhere, bro. I see it. Always. And I actually when I came home from prison, uh, uh, I was telling my wife about it. And uh, one of my nephews was like, man, look it up and check. I was like, "You? that's like that's a real thing. Like you can look it yeah, up. Yeah. I looked it up and it told me like what it meant, what it represented. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's they call them angel numbers. Mm-hmm. I had looked it up, I think, one time just out of curiosity. But the information didn't stick. It was more so just I thought about it one night, looked at it and like, oh, OK. When I went off my but day. the numbers don't lie though. No, 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 you sir. Know, everything and added up for you. Something that added more to it later in 2008, <clears throat> the year that you know my sister started to point these other things out to me. Um, I had uh, joined my fraternity uh, back in college at Wayne State, and even after that, it was like, the, all right, my fraternity um, got established in 1975. So on a lot of our advertisements and you know, clothes and everything will have 75s on it, you know, and seven plus five, you know, 12 right there, you know, like from my particular chapter, if you were to line us all up, like in number order, I'd be number 12 in line. It's just, it's a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. It was a whole lot of things. So like my fraternity, my fraternal identity really like really helped add to the Dulce concept. Okay. Yeah. And just, you know, Things of that nature along the way, just, you know, little things that I noticed. But the Quetzal part came just last year, like last mm-hmm. spring. It was just Dose from 2006 on up to last spring. Um, I added the Quetzal part um, <clears throat> during the spring, you know, went through a little bit of a heartbreak. But I like, came out from that side, like feeling like rejuvenated. Like it was the first time I really felt like, OK, a, a new chapter just started. I felt, you know, it could have just been the. Moods changing from, you know, because of the seasonal change, you know, okay. but it but it was more than enough for me to really start, you know, thinking about the idea of Quetzal inquire, you know, incorporating it somewhere in my name. Somehow I thought of adding it just as another alias, but I'm like, no, nah, man, you know, like I feel like it has to be part of the name. OK, so like don't say Quetzal. Um, it, just, it had a nice ring to it. It flowed nicely. And. One of the other reasons was I had read this little story. Um, it's a fictional origin story of the Aztec deity Quetzalcoatl. Okay. Um, long, I mean, condensed version of that thing. You know, the Aztec god Tlaloc was looking down, you know, down below, saw some snakes coming in and out of a cave, and one just wasn't coming out. He was able to flush that uh, snake out. You know, the snake was scared to see the world, but when he came out, he saw the world was beautiful. He looked up in the sky and saw Quetzal birds flying above him and, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to be like that. So Tlaloc blew down uh, another gust of wind, blew the snake up in the air, flying around with the Quetzals, blew him into the sun. An eclipse occurred, but then the snake returned as Quetzalcoatl. Wow. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. like, it, it was a motivational story that added to it, and so, like, it just, I felt... Like, I really felt like the Quetzal became a part of my identity from okay. that point forward. And That's it was dope, just like, man. Yeah. That's very spiritual, man. That's dope. So tell us where you grew up at, bro. 
Okay, well, started off, um, I did preschool through second grade over at uh, Mayberry Elementary. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see you, Brian. <laughs> it was over at uh, Mayberry. But um, my grandparents, who were living across the street from us at the time, we were on Ferdinand. Like between okay. Porter and Christian Sea, like right there by uh, Mayberry. Okay, yep. Yeah, so we we're over there. And uh, so my grandparents were living across the street, but then they had moved out to Lincoln Park. And Lincoln Park, um, the house I currently live at, ironically, but yeah, just a block away, there was an elementary school from there. And so, you know, my parents, you know, What elementary school is that? Lafayette Elementary. Lafayette? Yeah. I went to Lafayette when I was young, bro. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I used to live out there when I was younger. I went to Lafayette. I mean, not the Lafayette school that's there now. Yeah, you know but what the I'm old saying? one. Yeah, yeah, the old Lafayette When I school, first started yeah. to go to Lincoln Park, it was the old Lafayette school. I did third and fourth grade, and then they knocked that down and then built the other one that's there now and did yep. fifth and sixth grade. Yep. So, But the thing about that was when we started to go to school in Lincoln Park, um, we had to lie about our you know residential address. You know, like Lincoln Park was not school of choice. Yeah. I don't know if it is now, but at least then it wasn't, yeah, yeah. you know, so um, we had to make the commute, you know, from Lincoln. I mean, it's not a long commute, but, you know, still having to go to Lincoln Park, but then go back all the way back to the hood every day. You know, yeah. so like it was like it was like you were living in two worlds. You know, I was going to school over here, but we were going back to the hood every day, you know, was, mm -hmm. and. But what about now, though, like. You know, like I said, I used to live there when I was a lot younger and I yeah. went to school and all that. But the Lincoln Park today is not the Lincoln Park that I remember, you know, when I lived there. And I mean, now it's like, you know, so, you know, people talk about the gentrification that went on that is going on in the community, in the mm -hmm. neighborhood. So a lot of people got pushed down river. And it's like now you go to Lincoln Park, bro, you see all these taquerias, you see all these supermercados, That's you the know, side I live you on. see Mexicanos everywhere, bro. Yeah, and I'm bro. like, wow. Like times have changed, but that's like the process of nature, man. Like people just they migrate, you know what yeah, I mean? Man. And uh like who would have thunk it? I never would think that mm. you would be in Lincoln Park and see, you know, Mexicans like everywhere. You oh know? yeah. Even the house that I'm currently staying at, which used <clears throat> to be uh my grandparents' place, they've pretty much had the same neighbors the entire time they've been over there. And we've always been on a pretty Mexican block in Lincoln Park, even mm -hmm. since back in the nineties. You know, and so, but seeing the area, you know, like, get a lot more of us over there, you know, all the taquerias and everything that you were saying. I don't know if you've ever been to La Sultana. That place, no, I haven't. Man. Where's that at? That's on Fort Street, too. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, it's on Fort Street. Um, How's that store? It's called La Bamba. La Bamba. Yeah, it's right there, like, just before BC's. Just before BC. I haven't been to that one. Yeah, man. No, I haven't been to that one. I, I want to go in there. I want to see what they got going on in there. Yeah. No, it's dope because even in recent years, I think they started it back in like maybe 2018. They started to have a Cinco de Mayo like sort of festivities going on yeah, over there. Yeah. You know? Even old like, Shirelli's Market. Like I remember when I lived there was Shirelli's Market. Now yeah. it's a it's a right there on Champagne. Like uh, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah, around the corner from the police, the Lincoln Park Police Station. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it's called. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's dope. You can go in there. You can sit down and eat tacos. You can buy groceries, all that stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Lincoln Park's definitely changed <clears throat> in that sense, you know, over the yeah. years. And it's, Shout it's out dope. to Mark Riley and the Classics uh, Barbershop, man. Them guys over there, too, holding it down, man. You, okay. oh, they, they cut all the rasa up in there, bro, for real. Yeah. You ever been to Classics? No, no, I oh, haven't. Okay, yeah, no. a friend of mine owns it, man. I yeah. usually just go to Lupe's over on 4th Street. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Man, listen, who would have thunk it? Like, 
like the barber skill trade, like the barbers in the neighborhood, like mm-hmm. they got it going on, bro, for Man. real. Shit, shout out to BY Legendary Barber Lounge, uh, and uh, uh, Master Dorian. You know they they threw that event at the DHDC that barber battle, and I was like, oh my god, they packed the place, bro. Like, like that barber stuff, man, is like um, it's a big deal in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So, did you do you have siblings? Did you grow up with both your parents? Like, you know, tell us your journey, bro. Yes, to both of those questions, actually. Okay. Um, I have an older brother. I have a younger sister. Um, both my parents, you know, like like we've been fortunate to have both of our parents in the picture the whole time, mm-hmm. whatever. And so, but yeah, so it was it was kind of tough, you know. Like I said, you know, we're commuting you know to lincoln park every day go to school or whatever you know and so it was tough in the sense where like a friend would say hey can i come over at six o'clock i knew my dad was picking us up at four that day so Mm -hmm. like like no you can't or like hey can i come spend the night this weekend no you can't (laughs) (laughs) no 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 so you know we had to say no a lot you know because we were going back to the hood every day Mm -hmm. you know and so um we had moved to West Side in 2001. We had moved out of Southwest. We moved to West Side, uh, what was it, Evergreen and Warren. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah we That's stayed. That's definitely West Side. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> we stayed over there. Well, at least I stayed over there from 2001 to 2008. I moved to the other side of Southfield, which was Greenfield and Warren. Okay. Still Detroit, but Dearborn was like right there. You know, yeah. It was like yeah, it's a border. Well, you know, area. we have you know a great connection with Dearborn. Oh, you hell know, yeah. throughout the from Warren all the way even Verner, you can go oh, straight, yeah. straight, Arabic and be right, right there. there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt, man. So, and that's what I love about our community: all the diversity that's mm-hmm. in it. You know, you have oh, yeah. black population, white population, Latinos, and even all the diversity within the Latino population. Yeah. You know, and then we have Dearborn, and you know all the Arabs that. You know, all within our community, bro. Oh hell yeah! I, I think that gives us richness. You know. Oh yeah, it's that was one of those culture shock things too. Because when I was going to Mayberry, you know, very diverse school. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, smack dab in the middle of the hood. It's very diverse. Um, when I went to Lincoln Park, I walked in and I was like, one of the first things I thought was, "Where is everybody?" This is just it was. You know, it was all white kids in there. It was uh-huh. all white kids, and it stayed that way. For a while, you know, like mm-hmm. where the minorities were just so small in numbers, you know, like it's not like there was enough of us to really try to stick together. Everyone was basically every man for himself. Everyone's trying to do their <laughs> own thing, you know, like the, there was, yeah. that, you know, there was yeah. that few of us. But um, <clears throat> Lincoln Park High School was when I started to see more minorities. You know, there's a hell of a lot of Mexicans over there, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of us over there at the time. So like that shit was dope um, because there's always been that slight disconnect from southwest despite the fact of us living over there you know mm-hmm. it's like we were only able to, you know it was a double a double world thing you know mm-hmm. and so. what about like soccer did they start playing soccer in schools like soccer was not like a popular sport or anything like when i was growing up you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like i i went away to prison in 2002 so like right. just prior to me going to prison i started seeing like a lot of a lot of Rasa playing soccer in the community like it was starting to become a big thing like they were at the parks on the weekends like they'd be roasting them chickens and mm-hmm. like vendoring and everything like it was like an event you know when it was yeah, soccer yeah. all Sunday and uh you know I went away for 17 years I come back home and it's like in full effect you know what I oh mean? yeah mm-hmm. and I'm like damn you know uh you know because we were late that's one of the biggest sports across the world is soccer oh, yeah. but it really wasn't like 
popular in the community or in the neighborhood until right. recent, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Even, even like, like uh, selling elotes and taco trucks and all that, like... I, I had traveled, you know, I used to live in East L.A. with my family. Uh, I went to Chicago. So I had already been very familiar with, you know, taquerias, the taco trucks, right, the elotes, right. the paletas, like right. everything. Where all that started. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then when I got out of prison, I came home like we we finally had it in our community, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, I always wonder, like, why don't we have it in the Southwest? Like right. everywhere I go, they're doing this except in Detroit, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when I came home this time, like everybody was doing their thing it yeah. seems like once a week you drive up burner you see a new food truck new taco truck and yeah and they're all making money bro you all know i'm happy to all see them all thriving man oh yeah can't even keep up with mm -hmm. which ones are where because it's just that there's so mm -hmm. many there's so many man yeah but it's, it's so, so convenient you don't so, even have to wait if the long's lying over here i go over here i right. go there i go around the corner right you're helping somebody <clears> out <throat> at the end of the day and that shit's dope mm -hmm. i love it yeah and i love seeing them start like from nothing with a cart and then move on to a trailer or a truck and then right, right. on to a restaurant or utilizing their house or space or property to build. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two, three years later, now all of a sudden they got a big restaurant. Right, and, right. You know, and I love seeing that growth, you know. Hell yeah. <clears throat> no, it's nice to see, you know, when our people progress like that, even if it's, you know, just that. That's all. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. Yeah. And it's beautiful. So when you were going to school in Lincoln Park, you there was already a good jump start on Mexicans already there, right? Come ninth grade, Lincoln okay. Park High School, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I started to spot a few more of them in middle school, but it was still they were very far in between. Mm -hmm. High school, we were all over the fucking place. Mm -hmm. Like it was to the point where okay, it's still being Lincoln Park. There were, you know, skinheads and shit over there or whatever. So there was something going around the school one time that a skinhead said they're going to kill all the Mexicans. So all of us, all of us, I mean all of us, we, we all knew where the skinheads stood after uh, school. They all just, just across the street right there in plain sight, you know, all just mm -hmm. smoking cigarettes and shit. So all of us would go and hang out on that spot every day, wait for them, what's good. No, <laughs> now you had people over there. Now, obviously, at the time, you know, I don't know how it is now, but you know, at the time, yeah, there were uh, you know Mexicans over there who gang bang. You know, there were Sudanos over there. You know, a couple mm -hmm. counts here and there or whatever. But that was one of the first times I ever saw, you know, both of those guys even come together for something like that. That's you dope. Know, like That's no, dope. you know what I'm saying? It was cr it was crazy to mm -hmm. see. You know. It was, it's like wow we're, we're like that in prison too bro yeah. you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. everybody came and, and you know what's crazy bros this is how close-minded i was community wise is that you know i thought that the only mexicans in michigan were in southwest detroit <laughs> you hear me so when i went to prison and i was meeting latinos i'm like Y'all from Southwest? <laughs> They're like, man, I'm from fucking Holland. I'm from Saginaw. I'm from Flynn. I'm from Grand Rapids. I'm from Muskegon. I'm like... Lansing. There's Mexican communities. Right. They're like, yeah, bro. Like, we got a whole community. Grand Rapids got a Southwest. Them guys mm -hmm. got Southwest everything. I'm like, damn, for real? I mean, man, guys, I, there was Mexican communities all across the state of Michigan. We're everywhere. That's how closed-minded I was, though. I thought Detroit, Southwest Detroit was the was only it? place in Michigan <laughs> where you could find some Latinos, bro. That's crazy. But, um, you know, everybody's from, from different gangs, different, you know, backgrounds. Yeah, but yeah. ultimately, you know, when there was ever an issue, man, you know, that pertained to race or anything like that, like, you know, everybody put 
all the all their flags to the side to be able to come together as yeah. one and and stand together and unite it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Oh yeah, <clears throat> that, that shit was wild. You know, like it it was do- it was nice to see. You mm-hmm. know, saw that we all were you know willing, not mm-hmm. just wi- you know willing and able to go, you know, for this particular cause. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Then, so what was the impact? The results of it. Well, the police had their eyes on us the whole time, obviously. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> one time we couldn't stay that day. We were getting picked up early or something. So, you know, we were just heading on back to the house. And uh, we see a few of our boys walking over the corner. You know, cop car pulls up. Tell, he Cop knew what they were doing. You know, like, turn around. Mm-hmm. So they turn around start walking back. But then the cop decided to pull a Yui, pull up on him, start patting him down, found cigarettes on my boy Frankie, cuffed him, put him in the car. Then my boy Tomas was, you know, cussing this cop out. And he's like, why don't you arrest those white dudes over there? They're smoking. He said, oh, I don't have time for them. Oh, oh you got time for us. Though. You know, it's like, you got, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, that was, that was Lincoln Park. That was mm-hmm. Lincoln Park. It, and I'm going to tell you something. Lincoln Park has more of like the, like the type of racists over there, are like the more blatant ones, the ones that will, you know, do something like that. When I started to go to school in Allen Park, 10th grade on up you know mm-hmm. that's how i finished high school was in allen park allen park was school of choice so we didn't have to lie about our address anymore you know going okay. over there but like the kind that's over at allen park is more of the subtle shit okay the more of the subtle racism like lincoln park someone will go and call you a slur to your face and allen park they'll deny you a job okay you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like that kind of thing it's like they're, they're not calling you something they're not doing something to you but they are denying you something Okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's like it's that subtle, you know, backdoor kind of racism. Yeah. At least that's how it was over there then. Racism, I can't swear to how it is now. Racism but. is so ugly and it's so ignorant, bro. I can't stand it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's just it's terrible, man. It 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 goes so far against humanity, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like man. You know, I, and I have respect for everybody's beliefs, you know what I'm saying? Religions, cultures, you know. Right. Everybody had to do and, and, and live certain ways according to their demographics, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so many people are just quick to be judgmental and biased and prejudiced and racist and discriminatory and all that type of stuff. But that's what motivated me to start my podcast is right. to, you know, tell our story so people can understand a little bit better who we are, where we from and why we do the things that we do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you never absolutely. know what you do. You know what I'm saying? Unless mm-hmm. you was walking in somebody else's shoes. Absolutely. You know, it's easy to call Real us fun. violent and, and you know, and, and losers and this, this, that, and the other. But it's just so much against us. You know what I'm saying? We was born in poverty, impoverished mind state, impoverished community, impoverished, um, you know, everything, bro. Right, right. You know? Oh, yeah. It's like growing up in, in a jungle, bro, mm-hmm. you know, and it's easy for people far away to say, wow, them guys are animals. Well, yeah, you become an animal when you grow up in a jungle. You know what I'm saying? There's get- communities and society that are residential jungles. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's kill or be killed. For real. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's easy for the folks on the outside to just overlook it because it's a world that they'll never have to touch. Mm-hmm. You know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, ignorance is bliss, you know, like it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I never really understood that before. Ignorance is bliss. Like, but I understand it now. You Me know too. What I mean, Me too. I, I understand it in the sense where I wish I didn't think the way that I do. I'm, I'm for real an overthinker. I think about a lot of things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
Well, like they say, you know, once your mind expands, it can never return to its original dimensions. It's like blowing up a balloon, you know. So, like, when my mind wasn't as complex, I basically just when I was younger, I had less to worry about. Life was less complicated, you know. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, you didn't know that much in the world. Like, 18. 18 was probably the last time I felt, like, blissful. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, 18, yeah, you're officially an adult now, but what does anybody know at 18? Nothing, you know. We're all <laughs> but just, you think you know everything. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, for you real, know. for real. But you know, at that time, eighteen, the world is your oyster. Everything's awesome. You know, mm -hmm. I'm now an adult. You know, so like it's, it's crazy. But like the, like I would hate to meet an eighteen year old that knows what I know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to be 35 in February. I would hate to meet an eighteen. I I don't want to meet that person. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. <laughs> I understand. No, for real, man. for real. Like, so I understand. So I've been feeling it more. The whole ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's like, God damn it, man. <laughs> yeah, because the more that you are, um, you know, uh, the more that you explore life, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I live without barriers. You know, I love the fact that I have the freedom to go anywhere, everywhere. You know, explore, see people, mm -hmm. places, things. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, one of God's first commandment commandments was to be fruitful and to multiply. You know, so that means be fruitful and enjoy what God provided—a earth just full of different dimensions, places, things, beauties, languages, like fruits mm -hmm. and you know, animals, just everything, bro. You know, the world has so much to offer and to provide for us as people, but. The more you learn about things, you know, there's always a good side and a bad side of things. And oh, yeah. a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, you can be overwhelmed with, you know, with sadness, sometimes with fear. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And 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 but more so even gratitude, mm -hmm. you know, when you think that life is so bad and then you see people in different conditions and circumstances, you're like, you know what? My life is pretty good. Right. You know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So what did you think about uh, about the reunion event, bro? Reunion event was fun, you know. Okay. It was real dope. I had a good time. Um, I didn't show up there right at the very beginning. I think I showed up about an hour. Because when did it start at 6? Yeah, it yeah, started at 6. I, yeah, I think I got there like We were seven. running late, you know what I'm <laughs> well, saying? Yeah. So you pretty <laughs> much got there right on time. Yeah, because I got there around 7. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's when we really started, you know, mm -hmm. putting things in motion, you know what I mean? Yeah. But No, the event know, was dope. That's good, man. I'm glad yeah, you enjoyed yourself, bro. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to MBD Slizzy, man. He went out there, tore the house down. Chase a Bag Entertainment came through, man. Much love to y'all boys, man. Appreciate you and everybody who performed, man. You mm -hmm. know? Oh, yeah. You know, Victorino, he did his thing. Mm -hmm. Izzy is, you know, Baby Bell. She sung her little heart out. Maybe oh. she'll get to do a feature with somebody or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But everybody was so talented, man. Shout out to Ofelisa. She, you know, had everybody laughing with her comedy. Mm -hmm. um, man, we had complications with Grupo Monte, man. I was looking so forward to them guys playing, man. Yeah. But uh, shout out to them brothers, man. Much love to them, man. Hopefully next time we have everything ready for you guys. Can't forget Tommy Poppy. Oh yeah, man, Tommy, Tommy Poppy. That that was the best performance right there, bro. I'm telling you, I was watching no, him. I'm no, like, Tommy dog, he went hard, bro. Like he was winning the fucking Grammy Awards for that yeah, shit. No, you hear no, me? Tommy went off. He that really was a did. hell of a performance, bro. For real. Do. Thank you. <laughs> 
No, but uh, you know that's that's the first of many to come, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, what's to come. The future looking bright, man. Season four coming up. You know what I'm saying? Got a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So with you being what you were the middle child, you had an older brother, younger sister. Oh yes, it? middle child. Okay, so what was that like? Was that good for you? Was it hard for you? Were you like? I hate to try to play. You know the who had it easier, who had a tougher thing, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. there's there's perks of being the older one. There's its share of disadvantages as well. There's perks of being the younger one. Mm-hmm. There's disadvantages as well. I just have yet to meet someone who can tell me one perk of being a middle child. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, because I never knew what it was. If someone could just <laughs> let me know so I can acknowledge it, and maybe it maybe I'll recognize it was there the whole time. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, what perk is there for the middle child? Can somebody please answer me this? I've been asking this question forever. Well, you had but, an older brother, so you yeah. probably get the hand-me-downs. <laughs> well, I mean, at first, you know, it was... Um, when we were younger, more so, because we were basically like twins. My brother and I, we were born only 11 months apart. Oh, okay. So you guys ain't too far apart. Then. No. So for, for the most part, we were kind of brought up, you know, like we, like my mom would buy two of a different kind of, you know, two of the same kind of shirt, you know, same outfits and stuff like Had that. Had you guys right, you know, twinning like, around. Basically, there, huh? I mean, yeah. we we're practically the same size. When we were, when we were little, I was, uh, I was a little more of the chunky one, you know, so like, but... um. Yeah, no, so my brother and I rocked so a lot not, of the you're same not chunky gear. no like, more? Well, <laughs> oh, I was I was a twig growing up past that point, and then, you know, the older you get, the more your metabolism slips away. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but yeah, no, older brother, younger sister. Um, I can definitely say that art has always been in the family somehow amongst us three. Like my brother, he had went to um, College for Creative Studies, that uh, art school next to a Wayne State. Okay. The art university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Place was dope. He lived on campus over there for a while. My sister, she's been singing since she could talk pretty much, you know. Okay. Oh, yeah. She was in a band for a while, Nina and the Buffalo Riders. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. I've never heard of them. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, she's doing her own thing right now, but my sister's always been a dope-ass singer. Always has been. Okay. Um, she's uh, she was actually featured on a couple songs of mine. My song "Homebody." Um, she was uh, singing the hook on there. A song that I had done with uh, Aztec Nando and uh, the the other rapper Capone. He used to live in Southwest. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I have, but yeah. I, I haven't ever met him though. Okay. Yeah, I never met him officially, but yeah, Aztec Nando, me Capone have a song where my sister's doing the hook on that. Okay, that's dope. Yes, sir. That's oh, sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, with your music career, when did it start? Who inspired you? How long you been doing it for? And how far you plan on going with it? The first time I ever put a pen to the pad was um, a little over twenty years ago. Um, I guess the in, I guess the first inspiration was um, Royce the Five Nine. And uh, mm. some Chicano rappers, Lil Rob, Mr. Sancho, you know, Mr. Capone, you know, like it was, mm-hmm. it was then, you know, I had written some shit down. I thought it was dope when I wrote it, but then I go back to it a few months later <laughs> and I'm like, no, this, this is trash. I'm going to toss it. <clears throat> so I tried again about a year later, only that inspiration was, you remember the rap duo, The Clips? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It was The Clips who got me, you know, who got my gears yeah. going a little bit more. So I tried again. It was better, but it still wasn't where, you know, I still don't think it was good enough. Grinding. Missing something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I tried again later that summer, only it was Bone Thugs and Harmony that got my gears going. Oh, okay. So 
and it was that money man oh bro it was that particular session that i have i knocked out three pages of rhymes right there and i was so since then i basically say that bone thugs was the number one inspiration they're the ones that really got it in there so i hold them at a higher regard than i do any other group is bone thugs and harmony yeah, no doubt about it, man. Easily uh, my biggest inspiration. I is definitely thugs. used to bang some Bone Thugs and Harmony back in the days, bro. Like when, when they did that, versus. that was that was like gangster rap, you know. Bro, what I'm when they did that verses against Three Six Mafia last year, I was hype for about two weeks after. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I I just all oh, that. Didn't shit that shit turn out bad? Uh, or was for it, a little bit of. Uh, and somebody throw bro- some shit out or something. Somebody threw a uh, water bottle at somebody. One of the three six dudes told Busy Bone to suck his dick. And Busy, oh. Busy Bone wasn't having it. He Damn. First he threw his water bottle. Then he threw his mic. And Damn. then scuffle happened for a little bit. No real fists were thrown. But, you know, shit popped off for a second. Yeah. Like it was on standby for about like 20 minutes. Damn, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy, bro. But... Bro, that that whole versus thing, seeing all five bone members on the fucking you know thing doing against three six, oh, I was hype. I was so hype. Did you see the one with the locks versus the uh, diplomats? I saw bits and pieces of that one. That one happened, yeah. I think, on a Monday or Tuesday night. Um, like I had told you, I had called off work tomorrow. You know, so that's why I'm not okay, chilling. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm chilling. You know, with this, but like during that time, <clears throat> I wasn't gonna call off work. To watch a versus no. battle. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> That you can see tomorrow. Right. You know, so like, and that shit started at like 9, 9.30 on a Monday or Tuesday night. I'm like, I can't watch that right now, man. man Jada saw, Kiss but, is the hardest, bro. He's always been one of my all-time favorite rappers, Jada bro. Kiss Jada is Kiss nasty. He's a lyricist. That voice, you know, that raspy voice. Like, yeah. he was just cold, bro. Uh, Big Pun was always one of my favorite rappers bro you, you know, know what i'm saying like he was a absolute lyricist eminem uh right now probably one of my all-time favorite right now is my man vezo i swear vezo he like mm. he's the coldest you know what i'm saying but oh, yeah. there's so many great lyricists out there though everybody doing their thing man you know speaking of dipset it was mm-hmm. in okay i had started to write officially in 2000 summer 2003 uh, a few years later i was listening to dipset hard as fuck and their dipset is actually the you know the core group of rappers right there that made me turn over a new leaf with my writing style like going for the the punches the multi-syllable rhyming and stuff like that or whatever it felt like a switch turned on that one was day, like can, and i just knew can. how to do it you know it was crazy because i had before that i had just tried and tried i couldn't do it successfully and then one day switch turned on i was just banging dipset and i started to knock out the you know the metaphor similes punchlines everything like that mm-hmm. or whatever and honestly listening to dip to dipset was when i first started to dip into watching battle rap okay like, so right. i can kind of say yeah because you're not just a, a an artist you're like you're a battle rapper bro yes, you know sir. what i mean like yes sir i know a lot of artists that can't even do that you know what i'm saying like they have to write everything they doing like a battle rapper you that's a freestyle that's off the top of your head not right ne- not necessarily no that was something oh, i thought shit. for years okay that was something i thought for years mm-hmm. um yeah th- that is how it started technically um it was over at um Esignando's cousin's house uh, a few years ago okay um not me and nando were over there you remember young prophet Azteca? i I, prophet, I, yeah. I know of him yes. yeah 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 uh prophet uh he was over there that day and he had asked me you know have you ever thought about battle rapping before i'm like I have, but, like, not seriously. I was like, I can't do that shit off the top like that. Mm-hmm. And both of him and Nando were like, it ain't. 
like people write the shit or whatever you know it's like you're basically just writing all this stuff ahead of time because that was one thing that deterred me from wanting to do it when i was younger i used to think all of it was off the top Mm -hmm. i'd be watching battle raps online and i thought like to myself i could do that if i sat down and wrote it but i can't do all this shit off the top so i'm like okay battle (laughs) raps never anything i can ever do so whatever (laughs) but then you know Prophet had brought that up, and so um, it was at a birthday party that Nando had thrown for himself. Um, it was a bunch of performers. It was over at that Masonic uh, Hall over in uh, Lincoln Park. That one that's on Southfield, um, right by 75. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, at, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. over there. And right so, by the police station. Yeah. Yeah, right uh, there by the... Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, that was actually where I had my first solo performance was over there. For real? Yeah, it was at that place. And uh, I was actually supposed to have my first battle that night. Okay. Um, and what happened? Homeboy didn't show up. <laughs> he's <laughs> he uh he didn't show up. He said he was twenty five minutes out. Didn't show. I had the opportunity to battle him again. What was that? Like five months later. You know, Prophet set that up again or whatever. And so, but it was about ten minutes before we were supposed to start. He called up Prophet like. Hey man, I ain't gonna be able to make it again. Again, twice oh, in a row. Man, so Prophet tried one more time to set me. game. Yeah, Prophet tried one more time to set me up. Was he you known know, for a bat being a battle ducking. rapper? Or was yes, he? and he's also known for ducking, for ducking battles as well. That's I ain't gonna crazy. name drop. It's just you know he. Uh, That's whack know. though. Yeah, man. But um, he uh yeah so Prophet you know tried one last time, third time. You know, set me up with, uh, you know, with the battle rapper. And it turned out that he had set me up with uh, kind of a veteran. Um, I mean, okay, I watched a few of his battles, you know, to prep for the thing. But I didn't think mm-hmm. of him like a veteran. Yeah. So a few of the people, so a couple of people who were in, like, who are in the Michigan battle rap community, like heavy duty. Okay. They were over there to support him, you know, my opponent. Mm-hmm. I ended up winning that battle. Okay. So, so my debut battle, I beat a veteran. Damn. <clears throat> so the people who were over there supporting my opponent saw me take down a veteran and they were like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know, the, the, like I heard them on the, you know, on the recording and everything saying that was crazy. You know, and people were saying you should put like you should put him on a card, man, a battle card. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that first battle, what was it? October 2019. My next official one was in uh, January 2020. Or whatever, and then another one in March, and then COVID, <laughs> you know, twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, I had another one that summer. Luckily, it was outside. You know, we did it outside. It was in the parking lot. Um, but then twenty twenty one, I came in and have f- had five battles that year, uh, last year. But that one that I had in November, I felt like that was the real like turning point mm-hmm. for like my style of battling. Like I started to get more. I feel like the better I'm getting at it, the more aggressive I'm getting. Because before yeah, I was still yeah. trying to Well, you to become test. more confident. Yeah, you know? you know, I guess that's ultimately what it is. Because before yeah. that, all the other battles before that, my first eight, I should say, you know, I was still trying to feel where I'm, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get in where I fit in, you know, as far as yeah. the voice is concerned, you know, like how I deliver it, what I say, the content I do, you know, it's because you have to, you know, like you have to please the crowd right then and there. You know, like that's that's the other yeah. thing about battle. Rap they're expecting like, creativity. They're expecting dominance. They're expecting vocabulary. Yeah, I mean, it's and I'm not trying to, you know, say like one's harder than the other, you know, as opposed to making music, you know, you know, in battle rapping, they're just two totally different ways of going about something. You know, mm-hmm. like if you drop a song, you know, like 
you don't have people in i mean i guess for the most part you don't have people in the room with you mm-hmm. like ooing and eyeing or yeah. booing even you know so like i mean i never got <laughs> booed you know knock on wood <laughs> you know but i know that, that you know what i'm suck. saying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man no battle rap is if you got wild. booed would you keep going or would you fold up shop I would have to be in that position before I can give you an honest answer, man. Motherfucker might melt. Motherfucker just might melt away like, yeah, damn. (laughs) I would love to say that I'd be like, no, I'll keep that shit going. But if it were to to pop off, I don't know what I'd do. (laughs) You'd be like, damn. I have stumbled in battles before. Yeah, two of them. Okay. Two of them. And that shit is embarrassing. Oh, shit. How do you recover from that? I always pick up, I mean... Okay. Rondo said you're going to stutter today, too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> whatever. He says it's going to be a third time today. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> no, no. no, but, like, both times that I stumbled, I won the battle. You know, like... Oh, shit. Yeah, the last time that I did it, it was last <clears throat> August. What sucked was... Okay, about a week and a half before that battle, I had made a small tweak, mm-hmm. you know, to my material. So everything was going cool, you know, until I got to a certain point. My mind just went blank. You know, I couldn't get out like four bars that I wrote. The worst part is it wasn't even the tweak. The thing that I fucked up on was something that was there from the beginning that Mm -hmm. I didn't make any changes to. It just, oh, this shit was embarrassing. But, um, yeah, in the battles that I have stumbled in, you know, I won both of them. That's great, man. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. Well, I hope you be able to pull it off tonight, too, you know, because <laughs> we got a treat for the crowd now. We got a treat for you. We got my man, Dose Quetzal, you know, and uh, he's going to have a, a battle against Aztec Nando. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, you know, because you guys are both lyricists, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, uh, you know, I definitely uh, looking forward to seeing that, man. Yeah, man. It's uh, I haven't. I haven't battled a friend yet. <laughs> Somebody who I... Oh, okay. Damn. <laughs> he said, All we right. ain't friends. Not right. today we ain't. All right. Ah. Look, look, he's about, he's about to slaughter. He's about to put the slaughter on. Okay. Okay. Hey, where are your parents from, bro? My parents... Uh, My mom, she's... If I remember correctly, my mom is from up here, but, you know, her dad's from Mexico. Her mom's from down south. Um, mm. My dad... My dad's side, they're all from Texas, the the valley. Oh, they're from the Valle Brownsville, yes, sir. Huh? Raymondville, Tejanos. Yes, sir. All the way down there. So, um, yeah, yeah, they had moved up here. You know, I think it was it back in the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. Well, my parents were both born in uh, 1966, uh, two days apart. Two days Damn, apart for yeah. real. So their birthdays were two days apart. Two days apart. That's crazy. Yeah. So they they probably had a lot of joint parties, huh? Birthday per- parties <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> well, they knew each other growing up. Okay. No, yeah, they definitely. I um, I think they had met over at uh Earhart officially. If I'm not okay. mistaken, I think they met at Earhart. Okay. because you know, my dad went to Mayberry, my mom went to Clipper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang. How did they end up migrating to Detroit? How did they end up in Detroit? Like, I think both of them. Uh, their dads wound up moving for the automotive jobs. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, I know in yep. Southwest there used to be that uh Cadillac. That, yeah, that, like, yeah, my, right my down Fort Street. Yeah, yeah. My grandpa worked over there. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah. So, like, um, you know, when I was in San Antonio, I went out there. Like, a, I noticed that a lot of the Mexicans out there did not say they were Mexicans. They would say they were Tejanos. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I just thought that was, you know, uh, a, a, you know, different. You know, it was a cultural difference, you know, that they oh, yeah. embraced the, the Tejano culture and, and mm-hmm. not so much of the Mexican culture. You right. Know? It's like the difference between saying, you know, it's like the difference between saying you're Mexican and saying you're Chicano. Yeah. You know, like, because Mexican to some ears implies that that's where you're from, is from Mexico. You know, whereas, like, if you're, you know, Mexican from a certain part of America, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you're from Texas, Texas Mexican, Tejano, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever, or Chicano pretty much is a Mexican born in what is known as the United States, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty much, Mm -hmm. you know. So, like, it's just those little cultural things right there. It's just basically different dialects. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the Spanish, like Tejano uh, incorporates some Spanglish in there. Like, okay, uh, how do you say watching in Spanish? Mirando. Mm-hmm. How do you say it in Tejano? Watchando. Watchando. Yeah. <laughs> Watchale. <laughs> Basically. No, there's, it's, you know, little stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's dope, though. Yeah, no it's doubt dope. about it. Oh, yeah. So, like, growing up, <clears throat> you know in the house or whatever in different uh parties that we'd have growing up you know seeing every you know like especially if it's a game day you know seeing people rocking texas gear so i always grew up seeing people rock lions and cowboys you know you have oh, yeah. Longhorns. you know it was always yeah. like it was always the texas team you know yeah. as well especially i mean folks from texas love themselves <clears throat> the cowboys who educated you to the to the ways of the people, the culture, the history, uh, the Mexicas, you know, the Aztecas, the Mayans? Like who 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 taught you about this stuff? Well, I sh- I could definitely say that my uh, my brother is the first one who kind of planted the seed to you know start looking at that sort of thing. He started looking at it first. Mm-hmm. Um, so and when I was younger, I was definitely you know trying to do a lot of what my brother does, you know. The younger brother, the older brother, you know, mm-hmm. you know how that goes. So were you guys very protective of your sister? Oh, absolutely. Okay. However, cool. however, my sister, she has always grown up at, she's always been like, she's always been a strong woman. Always has, you know, mm-hmm. always has since she was, you know, since she was little. Like she was that girl who was beating up the boys who would make her friends cry. You know, like, <laughs> no, my sister, she didn't, okay. she didn't fuck around. Yeah. She didn't fuck around. So, I mean, yeah, we were protective of her, but for the most part, we didn't have to worry. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my sister knew how to handle herself. Was, Did you guys teach her about the the knowledge of the culture, the people, the history, the Mexicas and all that? Well, I mean, like, definitely have spoken about it in front of her, you know, told her, you know, things that we've learned. I mean, okay. how much of the information that she retains, I don't know. Okay. But um no we've definitely all talked about it around, you know we all talk about it you know once it started to become a topic <clears throat> that basically the five of us you know became interested in we started to talk more about it okay you know all right and so and then once you start to get a taste of one then you start digging in a little deeper elsewhere you know for the most part people usually jump at Aztec or Maya you know and then once they're finished with one then they move on to the other start learning a little more about it you know find out how it's, it all connects it's, it's really just a beautiful experience you know i learned a lot about it you know while i was in prison you know them brothers are educated they study it they study mm-hmm. the whole calendar they can explain yeah. you know everything and for me you know i was coming from the streets like it wasn't i felt like it wasn't significant or in my best interest because my only 
motivation in life was to make some money and survive. Right. So I felt like, you know, what is that going to do for me? Like, mm-hmm. bro, that's shit that happened hundreds and thousands of years ago. Like, right. I'm, I'm living in today right now. But, you know, and then I don't like nothing forced on me. A lot of them brothers kept yeah. trying to educate me. Come on, man, sit down, let's study, let's read. I'm like, bro, I'm straight, bro. That shit ain't about to help me get through my situation. And then one day on my own, they were having a little study group in there, you know, and they used to talk about certain parts and things of the culture. And I just was started inquiring about things and paying attention to the art and, you know, and all that stuff. And, you know, because I remember a lot of us, we wear t-shirts with all the you know uh you know all the art that you know of our culture the past the pachucos the aztecas just everything the aslan t-shirts yeah yeah yes, boy the aslan t-shirts boy we yes. had so many of those but never nobody ever really understood you know what any of it meant you right, know what i'm right. saying yeah. and then i started to learn about you know the floating gardens and the people of the corn mm-hmm. and people of the sun and all these things and you know i was able to identify with it bro and it was like you know it gave me more of a sense of identity of who i was and where i come from what my people been through you know what they contributed you know to society to the world you know the mathematicians the architecture you know the horticulture like everything i was like wow like it was mm-hmm. amazing and it really did boost my morale you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and it made me really proud you know to be you know mexican and know what it is to be mexican and where our people come from you know right, what i mean right. and, and it turned me more into of a humanity Humanitarian, mm-hmm. you know, it taught me how to not just love me and my people, but people in general. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, the hospitality, the kindness of our nature. You know what I mean? I mean, right. you know, a lot of people look at Aztecs as savages because of their religious beliefs and decapitations and all that. And yeah, it's very mm-hmm. animalistic and inhumane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, no, I mean, but we, but we, Christianity, yeah. Catholicism. How do you think this land was obtained? It was through rape, pillage, and plunder. You That's know what exactly I'm saying? What it so was. we've all had our savage histories and all cultures mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but you know i'm glad we are where we're at today you know oh yeah <clears throat> that was uh and you know upon learning more about the aztec and the maya you know just the mesoamerican you know indigenous communities um that was something else that kind of made me start to you know have more of an affinity for the quetzal bird you okay. know learning how significant <clears throat> you know it was to both aztec and maya cultures Mm-hmm. You know, in both cultures, it was punishable by death to harm one, you yeah. know? So, it, yeah, it was something wow. like that. And I feel like at the end of the day, the Maya probably had more of a, a relationship with it. Well, because if you think about it, the the Aztec pyramids, Teotihuacan, that's out in the desert, mm-hmm. you know? The Maya, they're all down in the jungle, mm-hmm. you know, down where the birds are and everything, you know? Yeah. So, like, they say that back in the day of the Maya, in their heyday, that I guess prediction wise or whatever that the quetzals obviously were flourishing down there far more abundant mm-hmm. and then when the maya started to move further into the jungle because of the droughts and everything they say the quetzal went with them so mm-hmm. i feel like that the maya and the quetzals you know had kind of a coexistence yeah they okay. had to have you know if it's something like that mm-hmm. you know and you know the quetzal is uh, guatemala's national bird oh I never in fact that. that's the name of their currency quetzal Quetzal. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, listen, we about to see Aztec Nando and Dosa Quetzal in a lyric, lyrical battle. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bet. As always, I always try to bring you the heat from the city. You know, 
Today is going to be my first battle I have on the show. Today is my first battle for Aztec Nando over here. You know, one of the competitors. And we got my man, the champion over here, Dose Quetzal. You know, these guys are about to have a go to uh, have a lyrical war real quick. And uh, we all looking forward to it. So, uh, you know, big ups to both you brothers. I appreciate you guys for giving us your time and your skills, man, to come display here on the El Nino podcast, man. So uh, let's get to it. Time. We're good. We're good. All right, Just bet. go through your material. All right, bet. Go. Make sure you can see. Give him a stool. Hey. Make sure you can see. Give him a stool. Hey. You ready? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Talking. We good? Yo, yo, yo. We good? We good? Make sure you talking to the mic. We good? We good? Ready? All right. Ready. I want to start this battle off, Mario, by telling you, you're great. I got to give it to you. You got bars. You straight. But on the real, I'm on a whole different tier. And it's your doomsday. Who spray? Shit, not me. You taught me to be lyrical with this rapping shit. But I'm the almighty. Bitch, don't try me. I won't pretend that my pen won't strike thee. But on the real, I'm going to give you my best. So I hope you didn't take me lightly. Motherfucker, I never pretend. When haters were saying you sound horrible on beat, I said, I see potential in him. When you will beat Frosty's ass and fight out round three, and he will throw a fit, I will whisper in your ear, beat him again. Mm. Bitch, we could have been really close friends. But the day your brother kicked me out of the house, and you just sat there, I thought to myself, never again, the metal gon' rain. If I pick this pump gate shotgun and aim it at your head, your brain will cave in. Say, when the fuck did you start getting so nice with the pen? I mean, I've always said you had bars, but no rhythm within. You rap like a white girl dances. I rap like I got demons nailed up in caskets. The difference is accurate. My flow is immaculate. You can't even get no bitches. But here you are, wasting our time, trying to impress the masses. Man, I'd rather go get some asses. He's been single for so long, he named his dog Lady, and that's tragic. Probably got a Costco-sized peanut butter jar hidden all the way up in his cabinets. Man, okay. I couldn't imagine. Okay. I bet, <laughs> I bet the bitches rate you like a piss test. Urinate if you wear glasses. Bitch, I never been average. So pick one. You want to slap the deuce or the one-inch punch? It don't matter because I'm getting closely so I can smell your fear. I'm going to fuck you up early like a birth defect. So let's just make this shit clear. You better than me is, is not a good look on your career. <laughs> I mean, you already fucked up a great opportunity. I'm just trying to be sincere. You know the I better shit? Oh, I know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> if you lose to me tonight, I wouldn't put you as one of my peers. Slice your cap off like disappear. Then you see yourself from a whole different angle like, man, this shit is weird. For 12 days, I separate you limb from limb. This is your 12 battle, huh, Dose? Well, I'm going to give you 12 reasons why I agree to this. For one, ain't nobody fucking with me. I got real passion and true love for the sport. Never took anything lightly. I did everything with perfect accuracy and true form. Study some of the greats from the undergrounds to the top pen that the sheep support. Weaken your core, put you on a headlock, squeeze on your throat. You won't even be able to get out like African workers enslaved in European resorts. Bitch, this is war. See, I'll keep on going, but I only promise you two minutes and a half. 
And it probably won't even matter because you're still going to beat my ass. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's go, Dorset. I commend you for your bravery and taking the time to do this. But like in every single war, bravery rhymes with stupid. <laughs> Y'all must be thinking, yo, that's not fair because bro just got here. Check this shit. I do not care because in this war, Dulce's top tier. So put some respect on my name or you'll be rushed to a ward and you won't see God there. You've been in my battles. You know I stay focused and ready. Since you are impossible to underestimate, at this point, you can only impress me. Because you can't handle my kind of bars. You ain't got the brains for it. My rounds usually go over your head until I aim for it with the chrome glock. Dome shot. Oh, God. His blood just sprayed on it. To which I'll say, damn. There's DNA on it. It splashed the weapon. And because of that discharge, I'll switch arms. Ambidextrous. Now the shoddy blast will leave a ringing in your ear. 12 gauge. And got you stinking up in here. Delray smells like a shit show. Now he is dying. Not before Aztecs hit with the fast chest kick. I'm Leonidas. Ooh. There's no depths to which I won't sink. I'm sick in the head. So I may use AM to put B in the ER, you heard? Now he's shit in the bed. And there's nothing that the doctor's finna do. This is the guy y'all listen to? You gassing him for nothing. Like what Nazis did to... Listen, man. My name is something you can't bear to get bigger like I'm preparing for winter. When I'm done hibernating, his writing goes left like Arabic scripture. Ask anyone. They'll say that my rhyming is clever, man. I am much better. I have heat flows. I mean, ask El Nino. I've changed the climate forever. My left and right hooks are so fast you won't see these hits, but this two-piece will body you on some bikini shit. <laughs> this lane's too fast for him, so he had to park it. Aztec Nando's who I wrote this roundabout, so y'all can call him Campus Martius. Look at him, his body's sweating, so I shot the Desi and it got real messy because he ate the large round while it was still hot and ready. Ooh. You a dead man, bro. Now here's an answer to a possible question, yo. If they ask if I think dude's better, I'll say two letters. N and O. This is a friendly competition, yet not a sparring match. Because Aztec Nando and Dulce Quetzal, we beat a boys. Like the Harvard grad. His sacrifice was voluntary. There's no need to hold the funeral. But if anybody asks, you tell them I won. Like the Roman numeral. Time. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. You caught that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. There it is, like always, El Nino Podcast bringing you the heat. Shout out to the brother Aztec Nando. Shout out to the brother Dosa Quetzal out here. This is this is what we do in Southwest, man. We got a lot of creativity, man. Much love to everybody, as always. Thank you for tuning in, for sharing, for sub subscribing. Much love to you guys. Uh, we'll see you in 2023 with season four. Much love to you guys, man. Can I say Stay something? safe. Ain't no doubt about it. Can I say something? 
Dulce Quetzal, native son of the ancient ones. Every dub I get is how I raise my status up. This is for the mass graves of children found at Catholic residential schools in the United States and Canada. Getting the land back is what the fuck I'm doing. Y'all mock my ways, but I rock my braids for the ones that couldn't. Aztec. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Much love to y'all. El Nino Podcast. Legal Aliens Podcast. Let's get to it. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.